What? Who? Not everyone's just a fucking doctor. Please, Monroe. Please, Monroe. Please, Monroe. Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Calling Monroe. Uh, I'm joined here in Iceland by my blonde friend, Seth. I'm blonde. He is absolutely blonde. Gleon, uh, when I describe him as my blonde friend, do you know who I'm talking about? Yes. Nice. Good, yeah. He's that singer, singer guy. Absolutely. So finally we can get someone to professionally critique our intro theme song. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seth, in your professional experience is it amazing i would say it's a 10.2 out of 10 wow yeah 10 being maximum yeah and what like what is the point to what does it consist of it's just extra oh yeah Mm. nice thanks did you know that i did all of it and i deserve all the credit i was there yeah in spirit when you birthed it exactly do you have you ever have you ever met monroe you've never met monroe you have met monroe i've called him today really just now it's not you are you haven't called no, but he's he personally called Monroe. Have, I did. You never because I was lost. No, I was lost. I was trying to get directions to the studio, and I called Monroe. Mm-hmm. So should you, do you, you don't want to talk to him again? No, we should. You, we should, you still want to talk to him? We should call him. Okay, okay, you haven't gotten your fill of Monroe. You haven't been filled by Monroe. I have not gotten my fill of Monroe. That's a pun because he's a doctor. Is he a doctor? Yeah. Is he a dentist? Uh, no, he's a doctor. He's a real more doctor. like Doctor Phil. Yeah, he's a real doctor. He heals people he's a healer dentists heal people they heal teeth are teeth people uh it depends on if you are mitt romney let's ask monroe uh let's call monroe what's up folks hey hey, hey, monroe did you ever actually meet seth i he sometimes he lies sometimes he doesn't have you met (laughs) seth uh no i don't think i've ever met seth oh well uh now you can meet him orally Oh, a bit of cunnilingus <laughs> this early on. No, yeah, through the, the medium of the human voice. Oh, you mean A-U. Yeah, R. I mean, oh, yeah. Orally. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. okay. Well, I guess both, because like O-R, because you're speaking with your mouth, I and am... A-U, because you're hearing with your ears. Yeah. Uh, Monroe, he, he brought up an interesting point. Would you say that it's fair to call dentists doctors? Uh, or should they get a different title? Dentists aren't doctors. Uh, it's not are a question they, of fair or not fair. They're just not doctors. Teeth but in, okay. are, not are they literally not doctors? Are they not doctors? N- no, you you don't get a you're not a you don't get a doctor title from. Uh, but in the Hangover, in the Hangover One, he's always like, "I'm a doctor," and then he's like, "You're a dentist." That's a joke. Oh, but isn't it a doctor of dentistry? Yeah. This this is going to blow my mind if it's right. Uh, let's see. Uh, I googled. So one of, one of my friends, is, one of my friends is a dentist, and he listens to the show, so he will be annoyed at me if I got this wrong. And he actually is Doctor Weems, but I think he's so just Mister Weems. I'm currently on dentalorg.com, and they say that uh, that it's uh, the exact. It's not only disrespectful to a great profession, but also an insult to human intelligence. It's like saying, "quote It's an omelet, but not a poultry product." 
So <laughs> you, you, for saying that dentists aren't doctors, you're a piece of shit. Why? Yeah. Because uh, I honestly, this is uh, this is news to me. I I didn't think it was offensive. I just didn't think like I don't know. I wouldn't call lots of people doctors. <laughs> I don't know. This is not <laughs> really. Do you think it's fair that like someone with a PhD in research is called doctor, or do you think that's ridiculous? So according to my dad, they're the only real doctors. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah. Seth, uh, would you say you're working on your PhD? I would say so. Uh, okay, but your, P- <laughs> your PhD is not within the field of, of medicine or dentistry. Uh, no. What would you personally say it's in the field of? Animal husbandry. That's a lie. Okay. <laughs> I just like saying that word. <laughs> it is good because it's like you get to marry an animal. <laughs> right? And get a PhD while doing it. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Uh, education. Would you say Educational education? science. Educational science. Would you say that it like makes any sense to be like, "Hi, I'm Doctor Sharp," <laughs> within the field of educational science? Yes. You, 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 but why you is Doctor Sharp? Word? Sounds pretty sick. I like that. You should be a surgeon. Because because I'm a mental surgeon. Mm. You know what I mean? Nice. Okay, because you're he- healing the human spirit. Yes, if you will, healing the mind. Mm. Okay. With propaganda. Mm. Okay. I mean, I guess, I don't know. I've always felt like there should just, they should have two different words, like, or multiple different words. Like a doctor should be like a medical doctor and then a PhD person can be like something else. But it's that's just, true because lawyers, for example, are doctors, but no lawyer would ever what, call who, himself Not doctor. everyone's just a fucking doctor. <laughs> no, literally a, a lawyer is a jurist uh, doctor. Uh, so they also get, um, it's not a PhD, but they get a JD. My sister's uh, a lawyer and she's never referred to herself as doctor once. But they Maybe have she a doctorate degree. They have a doctorate. Yeah, if I call, if I go on law.stackexchange.com, why are lawyers not called doctor? Uh, then I can't immediately see an answer. Uh, <laughs> lawyers <laughs> lawyers in the UK are just not doctors. Uh, I mean, if they have a doctorate. But I don't, think you, don't are, think you get a doctorate right? to become a lawyer in the UK. In the US you do. A JD, but the JD is a qualifying degree, blah, blah, blah. Not similar to a doctoral program. Mm. I mean... What does doctor mean in Latin, Seth? <laughs> it doesn't mean a medicine guy. It must not, right? I'm in the process and I'm I'm asking Uncle Google's second cousin Wikipedia. Ask Uncle Google. Uh, no, duck, duck, go it, baby. Uh, let's see. Someone who's obtained a doctorate. I mean, this just doesn't. <laughs> Meaning church father from old French docteur, religious teacher, advisor, scholar. Right. In classical Latin teacher right there we go right don't say right like you said <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'm saying. right it's not a medical doctor that's a doctor does that's not what it originally yeah. means so if anything monroe you're not the doctor exactly. I, I agree with that though like, if you've got a phd <laughs> you're, you're a doctor that's not that controversial i'm just saying that lawyers <laughs> don't have a phd necessarily no but the, what I'm, they have a jurist doctorate yeah they have a what a jurist doctorate yeah yeah what does that a mean a doctor of law a doctor of law yeah Turns out we're all doctors. This is very Patch Adams. We're all just healers. <laughs> hey, don't don't mess with Patch Adams. Was that a real human? Uh, yeah, and yes, he got, it was. He yeah, got mad about by the whole Robin thing. Williams in the film. He got Patch mad Adams. about the whole thing. He got mad about the way he was portrayed. But wasn't he portrayed it, extremely positively? No, it was, positively? It was like also they were gonna pay part of the income was supposed to go to the hospital that he has, and they didn't do that. 
They never do. I mean, they probably did that Hollywood accounting thing, right? Where they're like, yeah, we'll give you 100% of our, our profits or something. Yeah. And then like, oops, looks like we made a $100 million loss and everyone still made loads of money somehow, <laughs> but don't worry. Yeah. 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 Or clubs in Iceland. Don't get me started on clubs in Iceland. <laughs> Ugh, I was owed some money by a, an unspecified club in Iceland. Uh, no, have you not told this year. story on the podcast before? No, I haven't. For yes. a calendar year. It's a classic Ragnar getting angry again, just like the dog uh, last week. Are you, are you going to whine again? Are you going to whine again? Yeah, I'm going to rant now. So I, Seth, Amanda, Sharp, and I... Uh, we were in a jazz. Wait, are you implicating me in this now? I'm implicating you. Yeah, we were in a we were in a jazz band. Would you say we were? Uh, we are. We hopefully. are exactly. Gosh. Yeah. Use your tenses correctly, Seth. <laughs> um, and we played some some gigs. You know, we're we're musicians. Yeah, that's what we do. Uh, Seth got paid. Uh, Hjalte, who played the outro theme last week, he got paid. Mm-hmm. I did not get paid. Mm. I don't really know why. See, I didn't know that. And if I had known that, I would have gone to bat for you. I'm oh, so yeah, that, sorry. Definitely, no. definitely. Now in the public uh, forum, he says that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I've been whining about this for a year. And then I was, you know, I sent them a hundred million emails and called them a whole bunch of times. And it was always going to get done later today. That was always the thing. And then nothing happened for a year. Uh, and then I finally got the same lawyer who's dealing with my dog situation. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he he called uh, one of these one of these dudes who said uh, he's like, oh yeah, there's new ownership now, so uh, we don't actually owe you any money. But as a you know, as a show of good faith, and because I'm such good friends with Seth, I'm gonna pay you was like seventy percent or something of what they owed me. So that's what ended up happening. And he also want, really, really wanted to meet me because he wanted to iron things out and have everything be good. So we set up a little date to meet at a restaurant and then he just never showed. I thought you got the money because you called him out on Facebook. So I called him out on Facebook. That sort of got the gears in motion. And then mm. it, it was a whole it was a whole thing. Then you got the whole lawyer involved. Mm. Yeah, it You're was, an uh, angry, angry man, aren't you? I am 12 angry men. <laughs> the movie was based on me. Yes. Nice. Did they say your story right, or are you mad at them? I'm mad at them. They never paid the jury school that uh, I run. Yeah, the bonuses that they owe them. <laughs> Should we get to know our guest? I mean, our get we haven't even introduced him. Let's get to know our guest. I don't. Yeah, I don't know so anything Seth, about Seth. So Seth is a. I would. I would describe him as like the the sort of tall uh, blonde DJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, you know, you know the one who uh, sometimes at Pablo stuff. Yeah, you know, I think it's yeah. really nice. I think it's really nice when you talk for people and don't let them talk for themselves. That's just that's just you know. <laughs> Tell us more about Seth. Yeah, it's better that you do it than I don't have to pretend to be humble. Exactly. Uh, he is a world-renowned uh, upholsterer. Oh, stop it! No. He also he he invented the tele the rotary telephone. Oh, stop it. No, he, he has uh, <laughs> sang in front of such national treasures as William Clinton. The third? Is he the third? No, I don't know. Oh, uh, husband of Hillary, crooked Hillary Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> the third? So there's a YouTube video of him singing to Bill Clinton. Uh, he, yeah, he's a, he's a musician, a, a fighter, a lover, a, an educator. Right. You tell us. Tell Potentially us. a doctor. Potentially a doctor. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Not potentially a doctor. We're all born doctors, in my opinion. So tell, yeah, t- t- tell Monroe something about yourself. Uh, it's always a difficult question to answer when somebody says, say something about yourself. Yeah, okay, immediately come your... across as humble, witty, but also interesting in one sentence. Okay, what exactly? Who is the, what is the worst type of person? The worst type of person? Yeah. 
Um. Uh, well, there's podcast Seth, and then there's real Seth. So I want real Seth. Um. Don't say. The <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna cut that out. Yeah, do that. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so yeah be real i would say uh the i would say people with extreme dunning kruger effect going on but oh. uh I, you know there was a reddit post about this and they were saying that we've all been getting the dunning kruger effect wrong because originally they wanted us to realize that even extreme intellectual doctor types as ourselves not monroe not monroe <laughs> can be guilty of that effect so talk our talk our listeners through the dunning-kruger effect because they're all they're all too dumb <laughs> to know about it but they think they know and that's the dunning-kruger that is the dunning-kruger <laughs> so effect. Tell, explain it so basically in pop culture uh it is the idea that the less competent a person is um the more competent he feels the more confident he has in, in his ability mm-hmm. and the more competent a person is at something the more they realize that they don't know so if anybody knows people with uh, a very high iq those people can often come off as insecure about their abilities or if anybody knows a very beautiful person those people are often insecure about their looks so if you go to a gym oftentimes you will see people with extreme body dysmorphia Whereas the regular guy who doesn't go to the gym heartily thinks about his body and doesn't have body dysmorphia. So that's kind of the the the, the pop culture version of the Dunning-Kruger effect. But um, lately people have been sort of digging more into what the original authors of this um, concept mm-hmm. decided it was. And because especially you know in light of trump supporters because people like to label trump supporters as as being the extreme version of of that mm-hmm. you know because yeah, yeah. these are people who proudly go out and proclaim things that they have no idea what they're talking about yeah. but obviously in the world of science people would prefer that you get things right rather than um be right um mm-hmm. and yeah so they wanted to see is this you know is this fair to actually just say that like all confident people are really just incompetent or um were the original authors of this uh of this theory saying that anybody at any time could be guilty of this mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or succumb to this and it turns out that that's probably um what they were trying to say is that there's not just a class of people that is incompetent but confident mm-hmm. but that we can um it it basically breaks down to the skill rather than um, being a personality type. Yeah, that makes sense. the The less you know about something, the easier it has the potential to seem. Like right, right. Yeah. So like you think about like building a bookshelf or something. Like on first reflection, you're like, yeah, I could easily do that, no problem. <laughs> yeah. But then like sit most people down and like, yo, build this out of like nothing. Like you get extremely raw materials. They're they're not going to be able to do it. Right. Right. So like. Yeah, the the less you think about something, the less you notice the details of it, and the details are the hard part. Right. Like, like right. I, I was like watching how this, I I don't know what it's called in English, like in cars, why one wheel can turn faster than the other. The differential. Oh, the differential. Yeah, I was like learning that today, like mm-hmm. yesterday in some video. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I would never have been able to do that without seeing this video. 
Yeah, you I never would have been able to d- develop a car differential. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Do you think most people out there are confident no. in their abilities to develop? Yeah, car I mean, differentials? I mean, I mean, when we start to think about it, you're like, oh yeah, that makes it. It must be easy to make it, but in reality, is it isn't. Yeah, I'm sure it took years. I don't know. I'm feel as soon as Ragnar said bookshelf, I was like, "Fuck it, mate! <laughs> Give me a plank of wood and some screws. I can make a bookshelf." But when you mentioned differentials, <laughs> I was immediately like, "There's no chance in hell I can just make yeah. a differential." Yeah, but but this is a thing that we we use every day. It's like so yeah. common sense. But yeah, but you it, use it like indirectly. You never, you've never actively used your differential. Yeah, exactly. But, but there's a there's a concept called uh, bike shedding. Have you heard of bike shedding? It's like the uh, it's people's tendency to comment on things like the simpler something is and like more accessible it seems to people. Uh, the the simpler something is and, and the more accessible it seems to people, the more likely they are to give their input on it as if they have something meaningful to say. So the point is that like if you're in a meeting and if you're discussing some like high level concept like uh, let's say you're in your fucking doctor operating theater and you're discussing some triple bypass thing mm-hmm. uh, most people aren't going to offer their input because they realize they don't know anything about it but then mm-hmm. if you ask a room full of people like if you are talking about like what color to paint, paint the bike shed because it's so like accessible to people everyone feels that their contribution is of value and that they should speak up yeah, it's like when people feel that they have had that experience with something, yeah, then they can comment on it, and that goes hand in hand with the that Dunning Kruger effect. The old armchair expert. Exactly. Would you say that you are uh, having having uh, experience with a situation or concept gives you automatically more credibility when talking about it? Yes. Having experience with it. Yeah. Uh, without, you know, knowing, uh, the inner workings of it? Yeah. No. Okay. So like as a mother, <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that's the classic one, right? Like you can tell everyone. I'm going to listen to like, a mom for parenting advice long before I listen to you. Okay. Fuck you. No. Cause think about it. Think like it is the classical thing where it's like, what's, what's the sentence? Uh, like I, uh, I don't have to be a helicopter pilot to know when it's crashed. Mm. <laughs> what? So, like, <laughs> the thing is, I think I think it depends on what you're talking about. Yeah, agreed. Elaborate. I don't know. I was like, I'm thinking so much in my head. That's, it's, it's hard to. That's the automatic way to like sound smart in a conversation. Be like, I think it depends on what you're talking about. <laughs> Nuance, bitches. No, no, no. Because I don't know. I. I feel like there are certain things. I think that personally that people uh, sometimes having experience of something is good, but like I don't think that you should always. It should always be given like true power because yeah, sometimes course, I, having it, experience it with something makes you like you're too close to the situation and you really shouldn't be making decisions on it. Like you yeah, don't yeah, want exactly. like sense. you don't want the mother of a soldier making the decisions about what his platoon does. 
Yeah, but that, that, that is such an absurd example. I know. That, yeah, but it, that that's, just, that's the point. That's the point. It's an extreme example. No. But like that's, no. yeah, that like you don't want you don't necessarily want someone who is too intimately involved with something you to just, make the decision. You know, he right? did. You did the classic thing of just making a ridiculous statement, which we all obviously <laughs> agree with because it's just absurd to then make to then validate the point that you're trying to make before, which is a bit more on the fence. No. Okay. Okay. I, That's I, right. I, I, this makes no sense. <laughs> I, I, Before I agreed we... <laughs> because I was the one responding to it. But it, well. Before we were talking about the idea of like taking a, a a mother and asking them for parenting advice, and then you're like, all of a sudden the mom is now commenting on military tactics. Should, should we go to that for military tactics? <laughs> yeah. Plus, she lived in Afghanistan, so she thinks that she has a handle on the situation. Seth is going to be the voice of reason here. He's okay. going to agree with me. So, <laughs> I'm going to agree with everyone. Oh. This is what we do in the field, you know, as we become doctors in educational <laughs> science. <laughs> so, uh, this is something that I have come across in having discussions with people about education. Because just about every human being on the planet has been educated. Mm in some way or another. And so everybody has an opinion and people will always launch into this thing that, oh, the school system is bad. The school system only does this. The school system only does that. And as somebody, you know, who has, you know, spent a bunch of years researching school systems, um, it can be frustrating when people come with their opinion about it. However, the research that the people who are trying to get their PhD in educational science, the research that they're reading is done on partly the opinions of those people, of those same people that you want to call idiots for questioning your, your, your knowledge of that research, mm -hmm. you know, because you talk to those idiots, you know, like other researchers go and talk to those people who have experienced school systems. And so it's kind of hard to say that, that um, we have to completely delete experts from the, um, I mean, non-experts from the equation, mm -hmm. because experts, especially in the humanities, are studying the non-experts. Yeah. And, you know, so, so their voice does have, have, a, have a vote, but uh, their voice has a vote, you know, if you aggregate their voices together. Uh -huh, yeah. And so I think that's the problem is that the individual voice thinks that he has just as much qualification as the expert, as a person who has been studying it. Mm -hmm. And that's where the thing breaks down because they obviously haven't been studying it and they obviously don't have a clue about the system. They just know about their own So this is kind experience. of, um, in it's, a way, it's related... It's really cool. Uh, uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is kind of, in a way, related to um, a uh, concept I was reading about the other, uh, the other day, which was taking the internal versus the external perspective. So if you go to someone's wedding and someone says to you, oh, uh, what chance do you think this couple has of, uh, of staying married and not getting divorced, then you would probably take the internal perspective and say, oh, well, I know them and, you know, they really love each other. So I think they've got a good chance of staying together, blah, blah, blah. Whereas if you were to take the external perspective, you mm -hmm. look uh, at a much broader scale and say, well, X number of marriages don't work out. These guys are average so they've got this probability and you're much more likely to be accurate by taking the external perspective i guess kind of like this other thing called what was it the the wiz on the wisdom of crowds was like a, a paper or a book or something do you know about this uh, mm -hmm. yeah where like some dude was showing how uh if you take 
uh, an a bunch of individuals and have them guess at something. Like the classic example is beans in a jar or like jelly beans mm. in a jar or some shit like this. And guess at the number, then they're all going to be very like random about it. And they're mm. not like, it's very unlikely that any one of them is going to be right. But if you take all of their answers together, as long as they don't know each other's answers, uh, and then you average them, that average answer is very, very likely to be the right answer. So who wants to be a millionaire? The audience fucking nails it they're right i think it was 93 percent of the time or something they're right yeah i mean the people that know know and the other people guess randomly yeah right so like all the <laughs> randoms are going to divide equally among the four choices or whatever and then all the rights are just going to like add to the right one and then, like, but then also Monroe's, people what yeah. monroe said is more right than what you said no why <laughs> yeah baby yeah because why why it, uh, it makes no sense what you said. Yes, it does. It's, think about it. You have a, a, a jar of, of beans, <laughs> if you will, yes. and they're sitting in front of us as humans, a, gr yes. a large group of people. There is a uh -huh. correct answer, and everyone can sort of see, roughly speaking, how many beans are. Like, you're not going to look at this jar and be like, there's a so, hundred so million like, beans in it. You, like, so, like, on average, they're going to be close to it because what? I'm actually inclined to agree no, with, no, really, with Guzion at the moment. Really? I mean, it's so random. It's so, the, so random. The point is, no, you can roughly see how many beans there are. So people's answers are going to be in the correct sort of ballpark. And mm. the point, the, the theory is that people are going to guess. Their guesses are going to be ran, like uh, distributed. Everyone's individual guess is basically random, but their guesses are going to be distributed normally around the correct answer. Where the vast majority what, of answers were listen within a certain range, right? The, but the the range would be uh, so the range can be pretty large, right? But the range would be range would be within reason. Because yeah, yeah people it would, would be within but reason. People aren't we're gonna shit. I've heard like we're shit with, from like 150, and about we don't have a clue. We're really shit at at estimating numbers above. 150 or something like that. It doesn't matter. The point is that people's guesses... You don't guesses see a difference between 1,000 and 5,000 people. You do not see a difference. <laughs> no, but you would see a difference between um, 10 beans and 5,000 beans. Yeah, I suppose. If for every for every person that guesses 100 below the correct answer, there's randomly going to be another person who guesses 100 above. So you're gonna you're just taking or, random or shots at a target. Or thousand above. No, because it's you can see that the the jar if, if doesn't one contain. If hundred above, hundred below, and the other one thousand above, you're gonna be you're not gonna be close to the average. You're gonna be off. But but I think Ragnar is trying to say that like there would be a reasonable uh, range where people would guess based on you know them looking at the 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 can of beans. I suppose if you have a large amount of like. Of people yeah that's the whole point <laughs> sufficient imagine amount. imagine this you have a target right uh like a bullseye and then you have a million people of you know just random shooting ability that are like kind of far away from this target where they're not likely to just randomly like hit the center they're going to hit somewhere around it if you take those million people and have them shoot at the target the average shot is going to be right on the bullseye because they're just going to distribute themselves randomly around the bullseye and everyone who shoots like in some direction off it is going to be offset by another person who shoots that same amount in the opposite direction. There, you, you, there you're expecting that they, they would actually hit randomly within a certain range. Yeah, and you can reasonably expect that. So what I, do you think I, they're going so to do? Can, you, I, can I interject? I think... I think I can kind of articulate what Guthion's getting at here. If you took something like guessing the 
uh, the weight of the earth in kilos, yeah. pe- people would have so little idea of where to start <laughs> yeah. that yeah, exactly. if you just, that, that randomness wouldn't get you to the right answer because people just wouldn't even be able to give, like, get a ballpark would, yeah. idea. I, yeah, exactly. That's so I think, then, it, w- I right. think it would. No, <laughs> no, no, Ragnar, it wouldn't. Uh, but this is, it is a, it's a well-established uh, thing, like phenomenon, this wisdom of crowds thing. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, when, the, so, when, the, when the answer is kind of... Yeah, I know. In, if you actually know something about the subject, I suspect that. Like, no, I agree with no, you with, the with the whole the, your point archery is analogy. It's not, I very much agree with, because then there's... I, 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 can see, I can see what you're getting at there. But with uh, a concept that people just have no frame of reference for at all, like the size of the universe or the weight of the earth or whatever... Then so here, here you have you said 150 was bad. So there, uh, so there was a West of England fat stock and poultry exhibition, <laughs> and there were 787 people, and they guessed the weight of a steer. Uh, a steer is a a male cow. A male cow. What a horse then? <laughs> the horse. Uh, and the 770, 787 people guessed on average, that it was 1,197 pounds, and the actual and weight... Pe- and which people were these? Random people at a fair. Okay, but, but to at be... At a fair. But to be Why f- were they at a fair? <laughs> <laughs> okay, but but to be fair, pardon, that, that pardon the, the pun... That doesn't sound random. No, 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 but but to be fair, pardon the pun again, uh, yeah. in, in that time, um, people would much more likely have an idea of how much a steer weighed than they yeah, would yeah, now. Exactly. Uh you okay. know, like a hundred and something years or a hundred and twenty years ago, because people were much more living in uh, rural conditions then, and people would mm-hmm. gather at a fair, um, you know, to do city things basically, because that, mm-hmm. that, that's what a fair was. People would, you know, yeah, yeah. gather to to um, be in a group and and shop and do all kind of stuff that they couldn't do in their little villages. So they would probably have a better idea of how heavy a a, a cow was. Yeah, but they were anyway. They were one pound off the correct weight. Is the point? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not going against that point. But I'm just saying that I, I, I get what you're saying, Ragnar. Yeah, it's like, it makes sense. Yeah, but I'm as not it should. sure. But no, no. But I say it's right within certain conditions. What conditions? Like say, people have some knowledge of what they're. Yeah, because they're humans, like. They can roughly estimate if you have like beans in a jar. What you can't uh, roughly estimate ev- everything. Uh, can you tell me roughly estimate the size of an atom? Uh, the, the the no the the weight without knowing anything. Someone has told you that things are made of atoms. Uh, I would ask a lot of people to say the weight of an atom. Okay, it, now you're grasping at like a very very complicated concept. So yeah, yeah, okay, fine. yeah if you, exactly. Okay, fine. If you go, that, into, that's the reason. It, it there, there has to be some reason. People have well, to know obviously, some, have some knowledge of. Yeah, obviously, you, I can't be like ask a random person how many episodes of Doctor Who there are because <laughs> no one fucking knows because no one watches that show. Like, of yeah, course, they need yeah. like exactly. They need exactly. a ba- yeah, but. That, yes. This goes for everything yes. in the world, and it's so basic that you ne- no. you should never bring up this point again yeah, in your life, Guillaume. You should never say yes. that people need a basic understanding of something because otherwise they like wouldn't be partaking yes. in it. It's like you're I telling you're telling me that oh, a doctor should they really should have hands. Yes. It would really help. Like you need to make sure your doctors no, have no. hands. Why would they have to have hands? Because otherwise they wouldn't be able to do it. What are you talking about? They, if a doctor didn't have hands, he wouldn't be able to do his job. You mean more like a yes. surgeon, though, right? What do you mean? Yes, he could. 
How? How's he going to write sure, prescriptions I, without hands? Just, just a doctor to like he would dictate some, some, something that doesn't really require an interaction. Guys, <laughs> somebody make it stop! <laughs> oh my god! Uh, Did we get any phone calls hey, last week? Hey, hey, wait, wait! No, can I one no, joke. Wait, no. wait! One thing, one thing, one thing. No, one you thing. can't. You've been silent. Wait, 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 wait! What did the guy without hands get for birthday? Gift as a birthday gift. I don't know what. Nobody knows. He couldn't open the gift. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> was that your intrusive <laughs> thought, Quinion? Uh, no, oh. it was my uh, bad. It was like my <laughs> joke. It was my joke of the episode. We're gonna move on from your <laughs> offensive joke. Your, your offensive. But can and I talk about intrusive thought? I want to hear the intrusive thoughts. So go, I, okay, go talk about intrusive thoughts. <laughs> okay, so so we, we, need, we need a little bit more love back in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so intrusive thought—that's the thought that do you know? Do you know this? Like you're driving a car and you're like, if I would make a sharp right turn, I would just go off the bridge, like hit that person. Mm-hmm. Like you're holding a sharp knife and you're like, if I would just like stab the next person or someone standing close to you and you're like what if i would kiss that person that's intrusive thoughts yep yeah do you have any commentary on it some people are actually really scared of this whereas like this is the normal thing it's like some thoughts that it's like some evolutionary uh, evolutionary thing that helps us to <laughs> not do that <laughs> is that that sounds like th- this sound okay People always say, oh, it's an evolutionary thing that helps you to do this, whatever. And usually it's just like this, just hand waving. You can say that about anything. It's like, (laughs) oh, yeah, we... uh, Like most of us don't do this. We think of it, but we don't do it. Yeah, yeah, but how is that evolutionarily advantageous when you could just (laughs) not think of it and also not do it? Because it helps you to react if it would happen. No, that makes no sense. (laughs) But it's like... Reaction to if it would happen by mistake? It's, uh, I, I think the problem is that um, in the development of the human brain, because uh, consciousness um, in humans is a lot better than it is in other animals, you have, you know, things that come up in the brain as images, which are instinct, and then things that come up in the brain, which are things that are cultural or things that make more sense. And... Mm-hmm. Because as human beings evolved, you know, we didn't evolve perfectly. Um, you know, our brains, the communication between our the different parts of the brain, uh, they didn't evolve in a perfect vacuum. So mm-hmm. I think, uh, or at least it seems like research is saying so far that intrusive thoughts are um, basically just kind of like a, a miscommunication. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like, um, you know, the brain is firing... Uh, because the brain is kind of like cyclical in the sense that, you know, what you feed into, what you feed it, then it will give it back to you, you know, in the form of memory. So what you feed it as experience, and whether that experience is from a television show or from an actual experience uh, or from a dream, then Mm -hmm. at some later point, then your um, conscious mind will feed that experience back to you. Mm -hmm. And um, so the thing with intrusive thoughts is that they don't make sense 
culturally. They don't make sense in the moment. Mm-hmm. But um, they do make sense when you look at it from the standpoint of that your brain is basically just feeding back to you what you have, um, what you have given it. And because it's not a perfect system, it's not going to always feed it to you in the most appropriate time. And because, you know, like, because when you get like some kind of a stimuli, then, um, you know, your brain is, is making these neurotransmitters, which make it remember that even more. And so some people can develop a kind of a, um, an anxiety or an illness about uh, intrusive thoughts, because when they have that intrusive thought, instead of being able to just let it go, then they remember it even more. And then they develop an anxiety about getting intrusive thoughts. <clears throat> and then it becomes like just a separate uh, mental illness rather than just being the normal flow of mm-hmm. weird thoughts just coming in and out of your brain. I think mm-hmm. this is a good uh, a good way to look at it. And it's the opposite of this uh, thing that you said, <laughs> on the, uh, like the, it's evolutionarily advantageous. Like sometimes it is just like noise that hasn't been filtered out or like the you know, the brain is just like this little bundle of cells that fire mm-hmm. electricity and like very set mm-hmm. patterns that have been determined. But there's, it's also just going to fire randomly and it's going to give off noise and it's going to react wrong in certain situations and like predictably wrong maybe. Yeah. And yeah, sometimes it's better, I think, to look at things that way than to always like always have to justify everything. I mean, it could be like some side effect of having a brain. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it it definitely is, and it's also a side effect um, the of of consciousness and intelligence, because yeah, exactly. uh, you know other animals would you know they don't have the intellectual capacity to be able to actually harp on these things, you know. So they may have intrusive thoughts, and uh, they may even act on their intrusive thoughts, yeah. <laughs> and the consequences are not uh, devastating to them, you know, because they they may like be next to their dog friend or something and, and have the intrusive thought, I should bite that other dog. And they bite it. And that other dog is like, bro, you bit me. Get off of me. You know what I mean? In that way, actually, you've just converted me to the evolutionary uh, theory of Grillon, unfortunately. God damn it. <laughs> how so? How so? Uh, because I thought of children and I was like, children act on these uh, intrusive thoughts. And then I realized, and just like that dog example, th- that is, it's the the... It creates the civilized man, right? A child is a piece of shit, so the adult doesn't have to be, right? So, like, the child thinks, I'm going to punch this dude or this other kid and punches him. And then all the social repercussions of that happen. And then that person realizes that, oh, yeah, I'm not supposed to punch people. But so like, I feel like your brain structures haven't been with instinct, Ragnar, <laughs> and <laughs> intuition. No, because like this intrusive thought. If you think about it like this, like I'm sitting next to Seth, and I'm like, I should kiss him or something, right? <laughs> like that's something that conceivably would have come up to me, like come into my head as a kid, which is also an intrusive thought. You would think. If no, I, I think like, that I think you're just, now thinking of things that would culturally not be appropriate and calling them intrusive thoughts rather than things like ramming your car into the side of a cliff which would kill you that's just yeah but that, more clear that's just thought. a that's just an extension of the same thing like yeah, exactly. being next to a person thinking I should punch them and being in a car and thinking I should like veer this off the road they're the same concept they're just like they're just different situations they're the same thing mm-hmm. but but with uh, kids you know they're all of the brain structures haven't fully developed yet so i don't know i uh, that i'm not saying this is true i'm just saying that i thought about it <laughs> that like it, it you could think of it as the same effect and it just hasn't been turned off in adults because like there's no mechanism for turning it off in children 
No, like it. This, these <laughs> thoughts, these thoughts come up as like impulses in children, and children act on them. Yeah, like yeah. they bite people and they hit right. people and they're like. Are stab holding, people they shoot people yeah exactly guns don't kill people kids do <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then like the fact that they have these random like thoughts and act on them mm-hmm. makes them eventually continue to have these random thoughts but not act on them right because they learn from them right right you know what i'm saying but so 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 i guess that that's the interesting point is that where do those um random thoughts go because the fact that they don't act on them you know can be blamed on their on on developing executive control in the brain Mm -hmm. but the fact that they um seem to disappear do they i would i would say to a greater extent because if you were to observe a child and how much they do irrational stuff yeah uh versus um how many times a day the average human has intrusive thoughts isn't it probably just because kids do more of everything like a kid, a day in the life of a kid is like the, a week in the life of an adult <laughs> in terms of like stimulation and experience and like everything. I don't know. That, I, I, yeah, that would be an interesting experiment. I don't know if that has been done, but that would be interesting to see if, um, if uh, a child's, you know, um, intrusive thoughts equal the amount of intrusive thoughts an adult has or, 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 the, or the thoughts that a child acts on. Yeah. Um, if they How equal. are you going to test that? Um, science. <laughs> yeah. You give it to the scientists. Yeah. I, I guess if you could create a safe environment for a kid to um, either act on or verbalize uh, the things that he wants to do, and then you could maybe hook um, adults up to some kind of brain scanner to see if there was some kind of errant brain activity that, um, you know, fell out of the norm and, and compare that. What if intrusive thought is our real humans, but only adults have taught us to not do it? It's that's the only reason why we don't do it. You mean the reptiles? No, because I, th- I still think you're. Yeah, it's only our parents. Just like we we would do this if we wouldn't have parents. That's why you don't act on instinct. But this intrusive thought thing is still different. I feel like there's still there's still like a lot of conflict between those two ideas and i, don't I think that separate i'm not out. sure i agree with your dichotomy here or like if you're separating these two things yeah because if so there's you know maybe maybe i like instinctively want to hit the kid because then that's going to help <laughs> me be the more dominant child uh and i'm going to like if i can push them out and then i get more of the parents attention and get more of the food like, there are lots of reasons why i might do things but intrusive thoughts are more things that shouldn't be things that we just don't want to do because culturally we're not allowed to do them. Intrusive thoughts would be more things we we shouldn't do because they're just really not good for us in any way. Yeah, you mean like the difference between like almost like driving off a cliff or (laughs) hitting another child. It's a totally different consequence. Yeah. Yeah, but you... (laughs) One way I just get the bigger amount of the food, baby. Yeah, but you, you... What you're doing right now is you're taking a child, hitting another child, and you're assigning some grand meaning to it. These kids are just hitting each other, man. Like, there's no thought. There's... They're not like... This isn't red alert. But, but, But isn't the name of the word intrusive... It means like something that is interrupting you. Yeah, but a, a child, you. A, but a like child a is going to have a hard time determining. It doesn't determining. interrupt the child. Like the child said, I'm going to hit that child and hits it. Yeah, but a child has a hard time saying anything it. is intrusive or interrupting. There's nothing intrusive about it. It's more like they're 
But what's, what could possibly be intrusive to a child in terms of thoughts? They're just like, they're just like one big ball of ADHD, aren't they? They're just like, like they just do. Hitting their mom. The irony that we started this by discussing the Dunning-Kruger effect, and now, now we're all talking about intrusive thought like we all think we know what we're okay, talking fine. about. <laughs> well, seeing as we have uh, three doctors and a healer of some kind on the show, we can finally uh, go into some medical stuff. We have a voicemail. Uh, oh, nice. To play and discuss. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Get that. It, this Get is it. from uh, it's Mateo. Gonna, it's going to stop this nonsense. Absolutely. So here we have a voicemail from Mateo. Hey, um, Dr. Monroe. Uh, my name is Matteo and I'm an Italian guy living in Belgium. So some time ago, Prince Andrew was accused of sexually abusing an underage girl back in 2001. This girl claimed that Andrew is, quote, an extremely sweaty person. Prince Andrew himself, during a well-known BBC interview, defended himself, saying that back in the days, he used to have a condition that, quote, did not allow him to sweat. I'd like to know from Dr. Monroe if this is scientifically possible. And I'd like Ragnar and Gudion to <clears throat> comment on this. Love you guys. Wait, wait, wait. I have a comment here. Italian living in Belgium? That's not that crazy. Why? <laughs> Crazier things have happened. Better beer, maybe? All right, all right. Sorry, sorry. So, Manuel, what do you think about uh, the inability to sweat? What do I think about the... In so, <laughs> Prince Andrew, that cheeky chappy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He's a naughty yeah, boy. Yeah, <laughs> so the, the inability to sweat. Um, it, seem, it seems unlikely, I would say. So, I think there's a, so, a few things. So, the, like, so anhydrosis, that is the, the, the inability to sweat. Um, mm. And I think in the interview, he made the claim that it was because of an overdose of adrenaline that he got during the Falkland Wars when he was being shot at, um, which <laughs> wow. also seems unlikely on the basis that, uh, you know, an overdose of adrenaline is like to make you sweat more. Um, I mean, it, like, there's, like, maybe like there's some sort of thing where you would then become desensitized to adrenaline if you've had such an exposure to it. But as far as I know, there's that's just not uh, a thing. Um, and things that cause you to, and his, his inability to sweat is also something that's reversible. So he was able to sweat, then had this short period of time where he wasn't able to sweat. Now he can sweat again. And that also isn't typical. Often things that cause you to not be able to sweat, they're either inherited or they've got some neurological cause uh, and it just doesn't marry up. It seems, yeah. So you're calling bullshit? I'm calling him a cheeky chappy. He's he's using the shaggy defense, which is which is actually a legal defense. Yeah. What is the shaggy defense? It wasn't me. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Are you not familiar with radio, Monroe? <laughs> FM radio. <laughs> so basically, in the face of verifiable evidence, the defense will argue it wasn't the person. It's a perfectly viable <laughs> excuse, right? It wasn't me. It's. Like, it's so, you have to respect the simplicity of it. Uh, Seth, <laughs> would you say that you are familiar with the, the the format of this podcast? Yeah. Yeah? So you want to, do you want to do the last segment? <laughs> so uh, at the end, we, we like, because we are here to inform mm more than anything because we are doctors and obviously do Latin doctor is Latin for teacher preach preach uh, 
We like to to end the show on a skill of the week. Scale or skill? Skill. Okay. Scale of the week. Scale of the week. If you have a scale of the week, Seth, I'm good to end on that as well. If you can come up with one. I know. I mean, a a good scale is like between 7 and 13. Oh, I was thinking either like reptile scale. I was thinking fish scales as well. Or like a musical scale. I thought Seth would just sing us like a C major scale. Uh, but if you have a skill of the week, you being an educator and all, maybe you want to impart some wisdom. A skill. Yeah. I realize I sprung Focusing. this on you now. I really could have you know, told you before. Oh, you have some? Focusing. Focusing. Yeah, this has come up a lot. Okay. Um, focusing. Because I know a lot of people in these days, because ADHD, you know, like a lot of people are um, di- have been diagnosed with ADHD. Mm-hmm. and Not Gwilion, though. Not Gwilion. Surprisingly, <laughs> really. Actually, have do, have you been diagnosed with ADHD? I I actually forgot what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> anyway, but uh, focusing is a skill that um, I would encourage people to study and to really work on. Do you have a Do you have a Too many tips, hints, hints, and trips, hit tricks, and tips, and hints, and. <laughs> um, uh, I encourage people to Google it because it's it's one of these things that uh, Seth, Seth, I don't, don't want don't to pause you there, but that's not how the fucking segment works, pal. <laughs> no, be, because I encourage because people focusing, to Google it. <laughs> no, because you know, unfortunately, focusing has been politicized, which is very weird. You know. Because if you tell people, for example, to do mindfulness meditation, mm-hmm. then, you know, you get groans and you get like all sorts of like, oh, oh, you mean that, um, you know, but that's something that has a, um, has been scientifically proven to help focus. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and these kind of studies have been done in, in inner city schools, you know, with high IQ engineers, like everything in between, or engineering students, I should say, and something like mindfulness meditation, which helps people to reduce the chatter in their brain, helps to sort of restore the brain to a better state of being able to um, focus on what people want to focus on rather than intrusive thoughts. Nice. I, I'm i going to green light that skill, actually. Monroe, how do you feel? Uh, I'm all on board with uh, the old mindfulness, yeah. I uh, I do it for like four weeks at a time, and then I get out of the habit, and then I wait a couple of months, and then I try doing it again, kind of like flossing. So the pro- I tried mindfulness for a while, like meditation, and the problem I had with it is that like it's too hard. <laughs> In that, like the time, no, like the time. No, no, according meet- to Seth, just Google it. So <laughs> just Google it. <laughs> no, but like uh, for me anyway, like the times when I need it the most or something. I would say, then it's an insurmountable challenge yeah. because it's like, it's, yeah, I tried getting better at it, but I'm just not very good at it. And like the, the times you need it the most are the times when you absolutely don't want to sit down and be alone with your thoughts and like feel all of them. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And that, and that's, just, that's similar. Cause I've always had asthma since I was a child. And I remember they would give me the one asthma medication, which you know, if you're having an acute asthma attack and you're going to die, you take that. Uh-huh. And then they have the sort of asthma maintenance medication, mm-hmm. which is supposed to help keep you from having asthma attacks. Mm-hmm. And so for some people um, in the midst of a crisis, when you're first learning mindfulness meditation, that would be like, uh, 
you know, like you're going through some terrible thing mentally. And then somebody says, sit in mindfulness meditation. That would be like if you were having a severe asthma attack and then somebody gave you your asthma maintenance medicine rather mm. than your, um, your quick acting asthma yeah, medicine. Yeah. You know, that's the time when you might not want to do it. That's, that's the time when you might want to do plan A, you know, like yeah. talk to somebody or, or, or take... Um, drugs yeah or take drugs <laughs> you know you prescribe drugs but the way that mindfulness uh um is reported to work is that it helps to um reduce the chatter over a long time so that you are less likely to get into that state of having a mental crisis and people who have been practicing it for long enough obviously can go through mental crises without feeling overwhelmed because it's it kind of strengthens your your um tolerance to um yeah, to mental difficulties. That's probably the best skill we've had so far. My skill would have been uh, if you have an ice cube tray that you need to fill, don't pour the water, like don't hold it, you know, like straight, like parallel with the ground and pour the water in because it's going to splash everywhere. But tilt it and like tilt it a lot so the water like just hits the, like the side of the, the top, whatever compartment, then it's just going to like through surface tension or adhesion or something, trickle down and fill the whole ice cube tray. Does that work? Can you do yeah. this a video video of this, Roger? Yeah, for the on the Instagram, I'll put a video of uh, yes, do that of this. I can't put a video of mindfulness meditation. <laughs> I I also have an amazing story. Okay, go. Or do you want to keep it for you next know, week? When you when you like unlocking your car, yeah, with your remote key, yes, you can't open it. Oh hell! What do I do? You can put it towards your forehead and push again, and it's more likely to work. <laughs> really? Oh yeah, because your head amplifies the signal or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah, brainwaves, bro. That's uh, <laughs> I have tried this. It's like you don't turn it towards the car, turn it towards yourself on your forehead. It's gonna work better. Interesting thing about that. We've actually we've actually evolved for that actual characteristic so that we can actually find a car. <laughs> Okay, last last thing. There was a girl when I was at university um, that worked uh, with my friend. So he was he worked at a restaurant, and he was working with this girl, and she was like notoriously stupid. And he came home one day, and he was just like, just it was beyond him how stupid this girl had been because she was on the phone and she wasn't getting any signal. And then she put it up to her head to try to like get a better signal, I guess, in sort of the same way as you're doing. And he he said, "What are you doing?" And she said, oh, I'm trying to boost my signal. And he said, how is that supposed to work? And she did say, brainwaves. Wow. Not <laughs> <laughs> the reason, but okay. Would that have been an intrusive thought? I, that, I'm not sure that girl's ever <laughs> no, had a thought in her life. That's <laughs> uh, On that note, uh, thanks, Seth. You've probably been our the most... Uh, intelligent speaker we've ever had it's finally something worth saying on this goddamn podcast do we get to say goodbye yeah seth do you have any parting words uh yeah follow me on snapchat <laughs> oh yeah fuck we haven't we haven't done any goddamn <laughs> promo so email us uh, your voicemails and any questions at calling monroe at gmail.com follow us on instagram at calling monroe uh, you just want to shout out your Snapchat? <laughs> Not my Snapchat. Oh, your, who cares about Snapchat? Your Instagram? Anymore. Follow me on TikTok. Oh, oh, oh you're still there. <laughs> Follow me on Instagram, TikTok, and Spotify. Please play my music, even the crappy songs. Oh, and you know what's something that's really exciting? What? So I have a song called COVID 2020. Oh, shit, yeah. And on the Reddit uh, EDM producers forum, mm -hmm. like somebody was like, 
bro, don't make a song about COVID because you're like trivializing it. Mm. But do you know what happened? What? Uh, you, you cured COVID? <laughs> I did. <laughs> I'll be sending an email out to everybody about it. So, no. <laughs> No. So one place used uh, my COVID song and it got 2.5 million views in two days. What? Yeah. Wow. What? So, so you're a billionaire now? So so don't listen to, you know, negative uh, Nancy's. You know, Nancy's who tell you what to name your tracks. But anyway, play my tracks on Spotify so I can pay my rent. Thank and you. That's, yeah, this dude's called Seth Sharp. <laughs> Share our podcast. Share our Sharp. podcast. Seth. Mr. Sharp. Yes, I will. Of course. Uh, Monroe, do you have any parting words? Uh, if, if anyone made any uh, tested out Alexa's fart skills from last week, then uh, we'd like to hear back from you. And if anyone's got any questions or wants to leave a message for calling Monroe, we would love to hear that as well. Pragmatic final words. Uh, Gucci, do you have any parting I words? I have a random quote. Uh, always. Okay. <laughs> be weird. Be random. Be who? You are. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, I want that to be my ringtone, please. I I actually have that tattooed on my lower back. Uh, All right. uh, And as always, keep on trucking. (laughs) Bye-bye.